Welcome to this week's Silk Grassroots Podcast, Match Fix, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Welcome to Match Fix, a brand new Selk production podcast bringing you everything you want to know about the women's grassroots game. Grassroots football is finally back and we're buzzing. Get Down to Play today, the UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Episode 5 of Match Fix is here and it's a bit of a special one because I've got not one but two guests for this conversation. And no, you have not been in a dreamland imagining things, football really is back. I have genuinely felt a little bit emotional seeing so many people return to football across social media and just going about their evenings, training across parks and recs in the past two weeks as I too have travelled to training. That whole cliche of you don't realise what you've got until it's gone, except it's not really gone and grassroots football seems to be thriving more than ever. Shout out to all you teams whose seasons have been voided in tiers three to six or even at county level. I hope you've still had the chance to enjoy being back at training and maybe your league is hosting a cup or you've had some friendlies and maybe you're even in prep mode for next season. Also, big up to those non-league teams still competing in the FA Cup. Some cracking performances. And it's about to turn up a notch as the elite teams enter the fray in the coming weeks. The grassroots community is rooting for you. And finally, some exciting personal news. My own club are launching a Wildcat Centre in just under a week's time. So I'm absolutely buzzing to be involved in developing girls football in my area. It's such an exciting prospect. Enough from me and keep listening for part two. Keep it simple. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Uh, welcome to part two of episode five of Match Fix. And joining me today for a double guest appearance is Lizzie and Tree from Wanderers FC. Welcome, welcome. Thank you very much for having us. Not a problem at all. How are you, Lizzie? Let me know. How, how's things? How's how's lockdown been treating you? Well, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a lockdown at the end of the day, no, but it's all good. So the sun is out today. It's the first day that we can meet up with friends in a group of six and, you know, football training can start as well. So hope is on the horizon. So positive, positive today. Love that. Love that. Yeah. And how about you, Tree? How's How's things with you? Yeah, I'm at the stage of lockdown where I'm just desperate to see friends. And yeah, I learned to cycle in lockdown. So I started cycling to see people um, for state mandated walk exercise. (laughs) Nice, love that. Yeah, so we have kind of unintentionally picked a a good day to kind of have this discussion Mm. because football is back. So yeah, that's exciting. We can start training again. We can see our teammates. So yeah, it's just super, super exciting that... uh, as I said, football football is back. We've picked a good one. <clears throat> um, I have a little bit of a confession to make, actually, in terms of Wanderers. Um, I sort of accidentally fell out of favour with the team last May because I, um, 
have, have you seen these kind of um, mystery kit boxes that you can get from places? So I, I ordered one of these and in my kit box uh, was a Wanderers kit. And so I tweeted like, oh, I've got this really cool, like obscure set of shirts. And then I got a reply from the account and they were like, who are you calling obscure? So I kind of, I, I fell out of favour by calling them obscure. So um, yeah, I'm hoping that I'm going to get back in the good books with this. Uh, no pressure on you guys at all. <laughs> Um, yeah. so yeah, um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know huge amounts about the team. You're kind of, you're, the women's team is a little bit obscure to find some information about, but I'm hoping you guys are going to fill in the gaps for me with this. Um, but before we kind of talk about them, let's talk about you guys. Um, so Lizzie, start with your own football story. How did you kind of get involved in football? Where did football begin for you? Oh, I was always into football. I was such a tomboy when I was growing up. Um, so I'm always playing in the playground in infant school, uh, second uh, primary school, um, playing football with the little tennis balls as well. Um, I remember year six, there was a girls football team. So I joined that, which was, was a great fun. And then when I was 11, I moved to Belgium, actually. Nice. Um, and the school there had a had a boys football team, didn't have a girls football team, but I joined that and I loved it. And I joined like a local club mm-hmm. and I didn't know the language at all. And I was the only girl on the team. I was such an outcast, but I just loved playing football. I just wanted to play. And you had to earn your respect by being good if you were a woman and if you didn't speak the language as well. So, yeah, that was quite an interesting time. I think when you weren't then allowed to play with boys, you had to then move to the women's team. Yeah, I took that out of love a bit of it um, in a way because the women's team, everyone was so much older than me. They were sort of in their 30s and their 40s. And I was just this like 15 year old girl who didn't know the language still. So I, I stopped for a while. And then when I went to university, I went to university of Manchester mm-hmm. and I joined the women's team there. I was just in third team, but it was such good fun um, and played mm-hmm. at university. And then when I moved to London, I got a job and I didn't play football for probably about three years. And then I just saw Wanderers training one day on Clapham Common. And I just walked up to the coach. I was like, this looks fun. Can I join? Um, and he was like, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's when I started uh, playing football again. I've been there for 18 months now. Nice. Love that. Yeah. So you kind of, wow, yeah, you kind of double whammy there where you've kind of moved to a different country. So you can't speak the language and you're, not, and you're a girl, so you can't play with, the, play with the boys kind of thing. But, yeah, it kind of seems, sounds like you've kind of muscled your way and you're like, nope, I'm playing football. Like, no, yeah. you don't get a chance. Like, there's no choice in it. I'm, I'm getting involved. Nice, cool. So yeah, I think that's a fairly kind of kind of classic kind of girls girls journey into football, really, isn't it? Um, Tree, is it kind of similar for you? I guess. Yeah, some overlap. Um, so I think I just used to, I have two older brothers who are like ten and eight years older than me. So I used to watch the Premiership with them like every other day, and we'd play Football Manager and FIFA. So I grew up becoming really really good at FIFA, and then. <laughs> um, just kind of gained this like encyclopedic knowledge of football from that and then played at school and it was the same um my family had to move around a lot as well so I played at school in Italy for a bit until um until I was kind of too old to play for the boys team um and then I played a bit more at secondary school back in England and that's I think when I was probably happiest because there were yeah lots of different levels and I got to kind of really excel um and then getting to university it was a bit more intimidating because everyone was really good and tough um and yeah so I kind of fell out of it a little bit at university got more into futsal and five side 
Um, but I've always loved watching it and playing it and continued my interest through all that. Um, and then after university, I uh, came back to London, I was looking for a job um, and saw Wanderers on Meetup. And that was when they were first starting their women's team. So I just went along to Clapham Common and people of all ages and um, levels were there and it was just a really nice atmosphere. So I felt quite safe to kind of get started again. Um, and yeah, I was with them until maybe mid 2017. And then I took a break to kind of focus on work. Um, I'm in publishing and a lot of our events are in the evening or on weekends. So it's hard to maintain kind of away matches and traveling to those. Um, but yeah, when the, they left the Greater London League, I think at the end of the season before last and kind of starting from scratch. So I thought, I'd, yeah, they needed players and I'm still friends with everyone. So Cool. <laughs> love that I like that you've both kind of both went to different countries as well and then came back and you're like yep still still want to play football I'm like you're still here yeah that's really cool I like that um nice so um Tree you mentioned there as well about five aside and futsal let's talk about that a little bit um my team myself actually so just for a little bit kind of extra fun and a bit of fitness we also play futsal on a wednesday night as well as kind of yeah just an extra bit so that's something kind of really new to us that we're kind of exploring at our team so tell me a little bit about that yeah i i think i'm more kind of inclined to i'm really tall you can't see from this obviously <laughs> <laughs> but uh i've never been like i guess covering i didn't play grass football a lot growing up it was always kind of astroturf or playground or um, yeah, I only really encountered like 90 minute massive muddy pitches at university <laughs> and they weren't always my forte and then kind of five aside and futsal, you can be really fast, it's quick reactions and um, I think I find I struggle more when I have time to think and like big pitches, 90 minute matches, like I have too much time to think, I get stuck in my head. <laughs> so I think naturally I'm probably a bit better at five aside and futsal just because it's, yeah, you just have to do it <laughs> and yeah, go everywhere. Nice, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 yeah, I think I kind of, I can't decide if I'm a footballer or a futsaler. Really, <laughs> I haven't figured that one out yet. Like football's still new to me. I, I, people are probably kind of sick of hit me kind of going on about how I'm not really very kind of well versed in actually playing football. But yeah, it's definitely it's a lot of fun, isn't it? And there's yeah, like you say, there's a lot more pace and there's less thinking time. So you've just got to be kind of snappy about it. So yeah, but I think you can. It's quite like it's nice that they're kind of transferable with each other as well, though that you can kind of take things that you learn in futsal and use it in football. And equally, you can do the same with football and futsal. So yeah, um, Lizzie, have you ever played any futsal or anything like that, or five aside or anything like that at all? No, I have to admit, I had to just quickly Google what it was. I had no idea what it... <laughs> That's fun though. Yeah, no, you'll have to get a tree to sort you out then. Get get a few games going, honestly. Yeah, it's, it is yeah. so much fun. Yeah, we literally just chuck a ball in, kind of. Everyone turns up at our, because we play our um, futsal, we um, do it at our home ground. So we literally just like, everyone turns up, you chuck the ball on the pitch and we just run around for the hour and then you go home again. Uh, there's not too much, like, yeah, like Tree says, there's not too much thinking about it. You just get on with it and do it. Yeah, um, that's yeah. Yeah, so definitely, I there's kind of a big rise in kind of futsal, I think, as well. Definitely, like more and more people are kind of becoming aware of it as a sport and stuff like that. And I mean, sadly, it kind of seems to have been a little bit forgotten by the FA and kind of all their big kind of exciting plans. But hopefully, kind of the futsal league are quite um, vocal about kind of the sport itself, actually. So, and there's lots of exciting leagues kind of springing up here and there. So, I don't know, maybe there'll be a Wanderers futsal team before you know it. <laughs> amazing um okay so let's talk wanderers then 
Um, Tree, we'll start with you, I think, because you've kind of had a little bit more kind of involvement with them and you've kind of been there a little bit longer. So, um, yeah, you, you kind of said that you just saw it kind of, did you just see it online and just sort of turned up? Yeah. Like, how did you get involved? Um, I was looking kind of on Gumtree and Meetup for um, somewhere I could just play football for fun and they came up um, and were looking for players of any level, um, yeah, any age really. Um, and... Yeah, just as soon as I went there, I knew it was just a really friendly, welcoming environment. There was no pressure, no competitiveness. Um, and it was just kind of everyone finding a way to play and enjoy football. And the manager at the time, um, Kate, who we call Bob, um, she was just, yeah, really great at getting everyone involved and enjoying it and um, kind of taking the pressure off. So I think that's what I really liked about it. Um, and yeah, we were kind of the original pack and a lot of people have endured which is nice um and anyone who hasn't like still comes back and we're all in touch and got a nice little network going nice yeah I think that's something I kind of like I said I didn't find too much about you guys on the kind of website but there definitely there is a sort of like a um like a real kind of uh what's the word I'm trying to say like a really inclusive kind of theme about the club and it's like a really big thing like across the like so you guys you you play at the same ground as the men as well don't you I think so that's kind of yeah just those little kind of little bits here and there that show it's kind of like a whole club sort of setup thing which is nice to see um so you said as well that you kind of you left for a little bit and went went elsewhere where did you what did you go and find another team to play or did you kind of just give up on football for a little bit I gave up uh, for a little bit. I think, yeah, we started, we kind of just were playing for fun. Then we joined the Friendly League and that was fine. And it's kind of Saturday is Clapham Common. You know the drill. Um, so it's quite, it was fine to plan your life around. But then with the Greater London League, uh, it's more kind of, you know, going out <laughs> where players don't even run every Sunday, but you have to get there on a Sunday. And um, yeah, I think with my job at the time, I was just finding that a bit much and, I'm not always great at having confidence. Um, so I think also, yeah, there were just various pressures that meant that I wasn't really enjoying it and it wasn't wondrous fault at all. It was just me. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I needed to go away and do some different things. And yeah, now is quite a nice time because the pandemic, there's nothing else to do. And <laughs> it was nice to have that routine back a bit and to see everyone. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you guys, so you, you mentioned you played in the kind of Greater London Division. I think you kind of play in the kind of the, your own kind of county version of my, because I play in a Division 3 South team as well. But I think it's just obviously yeah, we're just in different right. different counties, obviously, there. So it's kind of a nice little sort of crossover there to think about. We're kind of in the same tier and kind of, but just, just a bit further away from me. So yeah, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, so Lizzie, how did you come to kind of play for Wanderers? Tell, tell me your story. What made you pick them? Uh, it was literally just, I, I was just like doing some, I think I was doing some sprints on Clapham Common training for a half marathon. And that was what, what I was doing to keep fit. I was just running and I wasn't doing any team sports. I didn't have like a hobby as it were. And I always wanted to get back into women's football, but I almost find it quite hard even though there's so many women that play football, if you don't know anyone in your social bubble that plays, to actually find a team is quite difficult. You have to really search for it. Um, and I, I did some research, but I didn't really find anything. I did look on Gumtree. I didn't even think to look at <laughs> Apparently that's where you find a team. Um, so then I just, yeah, I just saw um, Wanderers training on Capham Common, like one, I think it was a Saturday in the summer. And it just looked like quite good fun. Everyone was like playing a little game, but also like um, having fun with each other. 
So I just um, yeah spoke to the coach. He said, yeah, come along to the next session. And I did. And I was, I was so nervous because I hadn't been playing football for a while. So I was like, how, how am I going to remember to kick a ball again? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, what if they're not very nice? But no, everyone was good. Um, and yeah, very, like, as Tree says, everyone's like known each other for years, but they're still very like accepting of newcomers. Um, I think that's a really good trait to have. I think we always just want, want people. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. The helps. <laughs> Thank you for being here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's kind of that's a, a kind of a big thing in in kind of women's sport, isn't it? Like that initial kind of anticipation and that, oh, they're gonna be nice, like am I even gonna be good enough to play for the team is often there. But as soon as you kind of get there, they're like, Oh yeah, come join in. Like, no worries, that's exactly what happened to me when I kind of joined well, both my teams because my my first team folded. But yeah, I I just turned up by myself and I'd yeah, like I said, never played football, but I was like, I just I'm just gonna give it a go. I'll see how it is and I was yeah I was dead nervous and uh but no they were lovely and yeah I think just you just realize how like welcoming and kind of often inclusive like women's football is so yeah it's really nice to kind of hear that you guys felt the same as well kind of yeah Mm. just those kind of nerves just completely melt away don't they and then you just instantly kind of often feel like part of the team already so yeah I love that nice Um, so let's talk a little bit kind of about, so you guys were playing in the Greater London League and is it, which league, remind me what the league is now. I did look this up earlier, I promise, but, uh, I've, I've forgotten already. So which league do you guys play in now? Um, the Clapham Saturday Social one. <laughs> they, they're always super wordy, aren't they? Like women's leagues, yeah, like t- teams are super long, social. the leagues are super, wo- yeah, like just there's too many words in all of the, t- yeah, absolutely. Like, I just try to avoid kind of saying what team I play for and what league I play in because you're just there for about half an hour just explaining that part before you've even got a chance to talk about the football. Cool. So um, what made, do you, do you guys kind of know the logistics of what made you switch from being in the Greater London to then being in the kind of social side? League? Um, I mean, I can have a stab. So the coach from last season announced that he was leaving. And I think that made everyone have a think about what they wanted to do and whether they wanted to play in the Grace London League anymore or go back to the Friendly League, which everyone had very fond memories of. Mm-hmm. So there was sort of a decision over the summer. I think there was like a couple of um, Zoom calls where we all met as a team to decide what what we wanted to do, um, and the decision was to keep on playing but playing in the friendly league. Um, inevitably, that means you lose a few players who want to continue playing a bit more competitively. Um, but yeah, that that was my take on it. Tree, did I get that wrong? <laughs> well, no, I think because I only came back kind of once you're back in the friendly league. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, I think it from the sounds of it, it was kind of people. Some people were moving away, some people had started families and it was a bit of a, like a reset to um, go back to basics a bit more and yeah, kind of build up the team again until we were, we were ready to maybe rejoin the league or have multiple teams. So that's, I guess that would be the goal. Nice. Yeah. And I think um, that's something that we're kind of really starting to see like with the kind of obviously women's football is kind of growing exponentially as it is. But especially the kind of there's beginning to be more and more of a kind of rise of like recreational football. 
And um, so I don't know if you've listened to any of my previous episodes, but I spoke to the incredible Carol Bates, who kind of set up COGS. So she's set up, set up Crawley Old Lady, um, old Girls, and they just play recreational football. And they've got kind of a night each week of just recreational football. Like, obviously, there's a little bit of competitiveness in it and stuff like that. That's just kind of natural, isn't it? As kind of as humans, we like a little bit of competition sometimes. But ultimately, it's all just for fun. And I think that's something that's kind of really kind of on the rise as well, is that kind of just like recreational football so just that football for fun really so um sound that kind of sounds like what wanderers is right now yeah i think it's getting back to that i think especially yeah for me personally like what i want is to find the enjoyment of football that i had when i was younger so i think yeah now we're we're more in a place where it's possible that people are going back to find that as well um and yeah i was listening to that episode the other day i don't really want to join that as well <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it sounds really cool, doesn't it? Um, what was I going to say? I'm just going to try thought there. Um, yeah, so kind of, like I said, that kind of, that rise of recreational. So so Carol's big point around that was the idea that there's a kind of like a missed generation. And I, I mean, she's kind of in her in her 50s now, which is, and like she's got people who are kind of in their 60s and all that stuff. stuff. I think it just makes it kind of far more kind of appealing to people because being part of kind of competitive football is is it's a lot and sometimes I wonder if I should have maybe gone into recreational football myself as well rather than kind of just like throwing myself in at the deep end and going straight for competitive football but um I mean it's it's a lot of fun so yeah I definitely I wouldn't change it but yeah definitely the idea that more kind of recreational football could be kind of available to people is like definitely a an exciting sort of prospect as kind of more of the women's game grows and kind of opportunities come about so I don't know what you guys think about that at all did you? Um, Sorry, yeah. I, was just say, I think it's good that any ages think that they can play because I always think in my head, oh, I'm in my twenties, like this is the last chance I have playing football. But then you you meet people in their thirties or in their forties and they're playing, or people on our team who are mums, um, and they're going back to play after sort of like six nine months after having a child. I think they're like super women. Yeah. <laughs> One girl on our team. Sorry, one woman on our team. She had her baby on the sidelines and she was um, just in goal because we didn't have a goalie that day. And she got stopped off, um, breastfed the child and then came back on at half time. And I just thought that's amazing. Um, yeah. So I just got newfound respect for older women who, who like to play the sport and just doing it for the fun of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that is pretty kind of incredible to hear. Like, of, I mean, obviously, you're not going to see that in the men's game because that's not a thing. But could you imagine if men kind of started bringing their kids to football matches? It would be a bit... I guess maybe you probably see it in kind of grassroots games, possibly, like if uh, the kids are on the sideline. But yeah, you're, you're, it's, you, you'd find that strange. I mean, you, you you might have seen it in like in the WSL, for example. So when kind of Alex Morgan joined Tottenham, she had um, like baby Charlie on the side, didn't she? So yeah, Um <laughs> I think that's just kind of a, a bit of a thing about women's women's football, really, isn't it? So, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that kind of inclus- inclusivity that we kind of have in the women's game, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, like, I've been watching, I watched Ultimate Goal. I don't know if you watched that series on BT where they um, held this competition um, for women from all over Europe to come and try and get a place in, like, the ultimate team at the end of the uh, series, and then they'd get, like, a chance of being scouted by these top scouts. Um, and just watching that and hearing all their stories, it was it made me like a little bit sad that I guess when we were younger, there weren't so many there weren't these stories about opportunities. And like I never imagined that I could have gone on to play football, really, if I 
like that there were academies or means of getting into it professionally and it wasn't like ladylike or um, sustainable as a way of earning a living. But then I also watched um, Squad Goals, which was a documentary on West Ham women's team, which was also really good. Yeah. And just seeing what they have to juggle, like having jobs and doing their degrees at the same time and not being paid enough to get a mortgage. So they have to like live in these house shares that the club gets for them. But <laughs> Yeah, I think just so full of respect for all women in football, really. Yeah, absolutely. Reval done. Cool. Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about kind of highlights and maybe even some lowlights as well that you've kind of experienced within, I don't, I guess, at Wanderers or just in football in general. Um, so, Lizzie, do you have a kind of standout moment at the club, at, at Wanderers or kind of any, any time in your kind of footballing career? Is there something that you think, oh, yeah, that was a, that was a great time? It doesn't even have to be on the pitch. Um, oh, that's, I'd say my first football match, like my first 90 minutes on a full size pitch, 11 aside, because I was so nervous. Scary, about right? It. <laughs> it looks huge. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, how, after 10 minutes, I was like, how am I going to last? Um, but yeah, I just, the, the sense of achievement afterwards and just like part the feeling of being part of the team, I think, yeah, that was good. Nice, I like that. Um, I, I feel like I kind of missed the part where I asked you what positions you play as well. We kind of accidentally skipped that part. <laughs> um, I'm defender, usually right back or left back. Nice, and, cool. Um, either a forward or winger. Cool, depending nice. Depending needed. Decent, yeah. I feel like just just utility players sometimes you're like, yeah, we'll just play wherever. That's, that's what it was like in my first club as well because we kind of, everyone was super enthusiastic to begin with and we seemed to have like 15, 16 at training then it get to, get to actual game day like there'd be about 10 of us so then my, my manager would be like right Abby you're playing CDM today I'd be like excuse me come again like I haven't got the pace for this no chance like yeah I barely, I barely even got a, like a good foot so who knows I don't yeah I don't know but it worked well I say it worked we, we were bottom of the table so it, did, it didn't really work but you know <laughs> you do that for your team don't you um yeah so Tree how about you what's your kind of kind of standout moment either at Wanderers or kind of just in football in general um I think football in general I went managed to go to the women's football final at the Olympics in 2012 and just having all those people there and then booing Seth Blatter was just like a really nice moment (laughs) um uh Wanderers I remember our first ever win which was quite a long time coming um but we won 2-1 against Manchester United and it was like the the happiest I've seen Bob and the team just everyone was celebrating so much it was really nice um and then I remember my first goal as well I can't remember who it was against or when exactly it was but (laughs) I remember exactly like what it looked like so I guess that was that was one too nice yeah that's the sort of thing that you just kind of replay in your head over and over again I'm still waiting for that moment though I'm still waiting for my first goal I'm hoping it might be this Sunday who knows (laughs) um so I mean equally we can't have all the fun in football we can't have all the positivity um biggest challenge you feel like you've had kind of in football Lizzie either at Wanderers or China just in general um I feel like finding a team has been a challenge um, like w- wanting to play, but not really finding the right, um, or just not finding a team in general. And also injuries are so annoying when they happen. But yeah, that, that's, that's it for me. Yeah, I think <clears throat> that's the kind of like, well, it's kind of, it's all visibility, isn't it? Kind of being able to, because like you say, there is, there is teams out there, but it's just actually being able to kind of find them and then kind of 
you find the team, then you think, am I, am I actually going to turn up? Like, do I have the confidence to go and play for them? Like, am I going to be good enough? Yeah, it's all those kind of things that you kind of have to think about, really, isn't it? So, yeah, no, I, I totally kind of sympathise with that. And I think that's kind of partly why, like, me myself didn't end up kind of playing until a couple of years ago, because I just kind of, I couldn't find a team to begin with. Like, and I've mentioned previously that I kind of tried to join a team when I was kind of a teenager, but I was quite shy and I was quite reserved and very kind of nervous. And I went for a session at like one club and they just, I didn't feel particularly welcome. Like, you know what teenage girls can be like sometimes. So I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. Like I kind of want to play, but I'm just too scared about this. And like, I don't, yeah, like I said, I didn't feel particularly welcome. So I kind of, that kind of sat on the back burner for a little bit and then yeah kind of getting a little bit older I was like oh do you know what I'm just gonna do it like what's the worst gonna happen they I mean they could be horrible again and I just I think I'll be all right after that like you, you change kind of perspectives when you get a bit older don't you so um yeah yeah it's a bit cool that that first initial session because you're, you're on your own and you're it's just you're going into the unknown um mm. but once once you've got over it it's fine but it's just that initial yeah getting to do it it's just very intimidating yeah no absolutely but as we said kind of you realize quite quickly that it's very kind of welcoming often and yeah. actually it's super inclusive so yeah it's all, all that kind of apprehension and the anticipation kind of soon dissipates luckily and then you find a nice team that you can stay at and even come back to again yeah. <laughs> um so Tree, how about you kind of what's what do you feel like your has been your kind of biggest challenge either at Wanderers or kind of in football generally um I think like the injury thing I've been very lucky I haven't had a horrific injury but um like just seeing, <laughs> seeing things happen to other people on the team there's been some quite traumatic ones I guess um yeah and yeah when you just see the state of the pitches and facilities sometimes it's like it's just waiting to happen and it's kind of yeah dispiriting I guess in the game the level invest of investment in grassroots it's not always there um but hopefully that will improve um, and then kind of personally, I think probably my biggest challenge has just always been myself <laughs> and like having the confidence to just stop thinking and play. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, for me, it's always just getting out of my head. That's my biggest challenge. I think that's probably what a lot of people feel like, to be fair, as well. Just kind of it is that kind of a little initial push that you need to give yourself to be like, right, I'm going to do this. Like, I will be all right. Kind of they will be nice. And it's actually um, like once you get there, as we've said a few times, like you end up loving it. And <clears throat> yeah, you find a team that you go back to. Um, yeah, I also love like about women's football that the players have been so open about their mental health struggles. So you've got like Fran Kirby and Karen Carney and Jilly Flaherty speaking really openly about it I think that's makes it feel like a safe space as well yeah I think that's another kind of um thing about women's football as well is that kind of you feel kind of it's a little bit more accessible I guess even at kind of the top level is that you kind of can relate to them a little bit more can't you I don't know if maybe that will kind of change a little bit as we kind of see the game get a little bit more professional over the next few years but it definitely feels they've it's kind of a lot more relatable isn't it kind of a new as you say like it's I, I guess you do you do see kind of there is initiatives out there kind of um for kind of football in general and like in men's football as well but yeah it definitely seems like in women's football it's just they are everybody is a little bit more open about it I don't know if that kind of just naturally comes with kind of being a little bit more nurturing as females possibly and like there's less kind of bravado in the women's game isn't there and people are kind of happy to kind of break down the barriers and kind of break down the walls a little bit more so yeah I don't know what you guys think about that 
Yeah, I think there's just a closeness with the fans as well, because at the moment they have these small grounds and come and see the fans at the end of the match. And it's just a really nice atmosphere and kind of a family club feel, even at the biggest clubs. So like I go to watch Chelsea quite a lot because um, I support Chelsea. Um, and yeah, it's just really nice. Like they'll all come over and just chat to like the supporters groups. And it's just all very nice and integrated because they're growing together. Um, in a way that like the major men's clubs and their fan base don't they can't because it's yeah because the money the separation is too big yeah absolutely i i mean i can't think i can't imagine you could kind of see any men at the end kind of stopping for photos <laughs> and signing autographs in a stadium for like seventy thousand people really yeah just yeah as you say kind of those kind of smaller grounds make it a little bit more kind of accessible doesn't it which is interesting actually because so i'm a reading fan myself and um we've kind of made the switch to the majeski this season so um it's exciting that there's that kind of kind of one club philosophy kind of thing but equally like you say there's the kind of the close well it's it's difficult to say really because obviously we, with the pandemic no one there's been no fans so it's kind of tricky to see that isn't it like there's not been the opportunity and there's there was kind of uh one or two fixtures where fans are allowed in but even then everyone's kind of super spread out and you kind of a little wave at the crowd is that about as much as you get out of it because obviously we've got to stick to the rules and stuff like that so yeah it'll be interesting to see kind of <clears throat> as like I said as kind of women's football becomes maybe more professional whatever that means um if we kind of start to lose that kind of uh kind of relationship and the kind of like I say the accessibility that um kind of the fans have with with the players it would be a shame to see that I guess kind of kind of lose that part of it because I think that's like such a nice part and people really kind of enjoy that kind of interaction and the kind of connection that they have with those players but I don't know yeah it's just one of those sort of catch-22 things isn't it like we want that kind of investment and that kind of uh that professionalism to kind of grow the women's game but equally we kind of want to hold on to that a little bit too as well it's a tricky one isn't it yeah I, yeah, I hope there's still be ways of maintaining it I guess even if it's outside the stadium and different initiatives and um, yeah, sessions that you run with charities and organisations like Football Beyond Borders, who do great work as well. And yeah, I think they seem really willing to take part in those kind of outreach projects as well, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's kind of where they can kind of seek the connection possibly with fans. And so, yeah. We shall see, I guess. We shall see. Um, so still kind of on the on the theme of uh, kind of highlights and stuff like that. Um, well, I don't know. We'll see how, how kind of that comes across. But um, what do you feel like your kind of own futures or the future of Wanderers looks like for you guys? <clears throat> do you feel like you'll still be in Wanderers? Who knows? Like, will you move on? Maybe back into the Greater London League? Lizzie, thoughts? Um, I think the, the plan is to try and rebuild the team, recruit um, and get more than one team going at Wanderers. At the moment, we are finding it difficult to field 11 players at a friendly, which is really tricky. Mm. And so then you have the doubts in your mind, like, will it? Will the team continue next season if we can't recruit and, and people get older or move away or, you know, have babies? So I, I really hope that, you know, Wanderers does succeed and we do recruit and we can thrive in the friendly league and then perhaps look at challenging the more competitive leagues leagues but I, I do think there are challenges ahead um so yeah it's going to be it's going to be a tricky year or two I think mm. Tree any thoughts on that um yeah I mean we're we're still looking for a new manager and recruiting in some key positions and it's not been easy to do that in between lockdowns 
Um, so yeah, sometimes we'd have dropouts because people tested positive or have been exposed. And there was one match where we had to play seven against 11 plus subs, oh, wow. which like the worst nightmare. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think there's still a core there. And with that, you can rebuild. And um, yeah, I still like to be involved, but even if I'm not playing, I think I'll always want to be involved in the club and the same people around and kind of helping it where I can. Nice, yeah, I think possibly as well as we kind of start to sort of navigate our way out of this kind of crazy year that we've had is that a lot of people will either wanting to be kind of coming back to football or kind of wanting to get involved because I think everyone's just sick of being stuck inside aren't they so I think there's potentially going to be a little bit of maybe a a rise in and I guess it helps that you guys are in a social league as well is that there's going to be a kind of a bit of a rise where people go do you know what I actually yeah I'm going to give it a go because I'm sick of sitting at home (laughs) I'm sick of kind of looking at the same four walls so actually people are going to be kind of wanting to get out so hopefully they'll see these kind of opportunities for kind of a little bit of kind of social or recreational football and kind of think yeah I'm going to give it a go so yeah fingers crossed the kind of recruitment works for you guys because it would be a shame to see you kind of disappear hopefully there'll be new generations like coming who will have seen you know the league broadcast on BBC from and um yeah world cups euros euros coming to UK I mean, yeah, I think hopefully participation will only go up and that should should be good for us and many clubs. Yeah, definitely. I think kind of, well, you just have to see how popular kind of the World Cup was in 2019 and how mm-hmm. like much participation rose then. So it's kind of a little bit um, kind of frustrating that we ended up kind of then being confronted with the mm-hmm. pandemic, really, didn't it? Because it kind of really put a halt to that kind of growth that was taking place. So fingers crossed, as I said, as we kind of navigate our way out of this kind of year, kind of we, we begin to see people kind of get involved. And as you say, like the, the younger generations, hopefully they kind of see that inspiration and kind of, I always like to say, I'm, I'm sure people are sick of me saying this as well, kind of you've got to see it to believe it. So um, if they can, if it's visible to them, if they kind of know that it's there, then hopefully, yeah, they think, yeah, let me get involved sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We've got some great um, women on the team that are trying to promote uh, Wanderers as much as possible and get the name out there. Um, so, yeah, I've got every faith in them. I know that, um, yeah, we, we can sort of build on what we've got at the moment and then, yeah, hopefully post-pandemic um, recruit some more some more footballers fingers crossed for you guys fingers crossed love that um let's kind of speak a little bit more we've we've touched on it a little bit here and there to be fair but it's kind of let's do a little bit kind of a, a discussion on kind of women's football kind of more generally on sort of a broader scale possibly so I mean let's, let's stick with challenges for now kind of what do you feel like is the kind of current kind of biggest challenges in foot in women's football kind of grassroots and all the way up to kind of the elite kind of game tree thoughts um, I think, yeah, I think the opportunity, equality of opportunity um, is, yeah, probably one of the most important things, especially, you know, like England recently announcing an all-white, like, 23-player squad. Like, it wasn't wasn't massively encouraging. And I think, yeah, it just needs to stay inclusive and become even more accessible. Um, so, yeah, I think there's still a lot of work to be done there. Um, and... Yeah, I think just like investment, accessibility, making it really widespread so you don't have to travel to the big cities, you know, it's big financial pressure, it's big time pressure. So there's inequality that arises from that. And um, yeah, I also hope that it just doesn't 
um, become, I guess you don't see like the behavior that you see in the men's game, by men's players, like that group of players who went off to Dubai and then brought back COVID and like the next few games were canceled. It was just, you, yeah, I guess you want people to stay humble, but we'll see. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's interesting as well that you kind of um, mention the kind of the Lionesses team being an all white team. Yeah, it just seems kind of the the opportunities just don't kind of like you say, kind of feel like they're there right now. And obviously we just want to see like that growth needs to be a kind of equal growth and you need to see it in the kind of right places. Um, I did uh, I did an interview with Chloe Kelly, actually, um, which was really interesting um, and obviously kind of. I'm guessing you guys must have heard of Super Five, seeing as you're a kind of a London-based team. So they're kind of they started off in ha- in Hackney Marshes, and yeah, they've kind of spread further and further afield across London. So it would be a kind of a really amazing to kind of see that kind of growth happen across kind of more cities. Like you say, it always seems to be kind of the accessibility of it. Um, <clears throat> I think as well, it's interesting. I spoke to um, Craig at Ramsey and Missy Ladies, who are based in Essex, for my first episode. And we kind of talked about um, kind of girls' teams especially as well. And he's actually launching a Wildcat Centre in the next few weeks, which is really exciting. Because one of the things we talked about is how you can kind of throw a stone and you'll hit a boys' team. But for, <laughs> for, for girls' teams, it's just not the same. And he kind of mentioned... Um, that kind of the next team to kind of his own team based in Essex is kind of sort of 30 odd miles away so that's just like it's a crazy distance really when you think about like I said kind of you can throw a stone and hit a boys team so just hopefully we see those kind of opportunities rise so that means that we can see more diversity within the kind of the women's game so that kind of you then do start to see it kind of start from the bottom and kind of rise up and then filter into the kind of the elite game because like I said before got to see it to believe it so if they can see it then why wouldn't people want to get involved in those opportunities Lizzie thoughts as well anything you want to add to that at all yeah I think I just add like um when you're growing up as a as a woman or as a girl at school um your options are netball or like hockey your options aren't usually football I think that just admits quite a lot of people and you're not going to see, because then you have to go out of your way to actually play football. You have to really want it as opposed to trying it out at school and being like, oh, this is quite good. I'm quite good at it. I'm going to carry this on. So it would be, be really nice to see that if that, that's a bit more inclusive when, when you're growing up and having those opportunities there. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with, with everything that Tree said as well. Yeah, that's so true because um, <clears throat> so I was a netball player before before I played football because yeah, yeah, so- it's, yeah that's just like you're a girl so you play netball is <laughs> essentially it, isn't it? So like you can find netball leagues all over the place and like um, me and one of the girls at uni as well like we started up a netball league because it just were like well the, the boys are playing football so we'll play netball then, shall we? Um, yeah. So yeah, you are kind of bombarded with. And the, the thing is, as well, is like netball's not not it's not even kind of like a, a girly sport. Is it? It's very fit. Like netball is ve- a very physical physical game and stuff like that. But yeah, it just it is this kind of sort of stereotype, isn't it? That oh yeah, you're a girl, so you go play netball kind of thing. Yeah. So hopefully we kind of start to see that kind of shift where actually there is more and more girls kind of in the playground playing football, and it's not just like the one who's a bit of a tomboy. Um, is kind of the usual thing, isn't it? That um, yeah. they're kind of on their on their lonesome and. Um, yeah fingers crossed we kind of see that that sort of rise um so 
kind of on the other hand though let's kind of be a little bit more positive about this where do you think kind of there's kind of strides being made in the women's game obviously we've seen kind of recently in the last couple of weeks that um we've got this big WSL broadcasting deal with Sky and um, BBC for next season what do you guys think about that yeah fantastic but I just hope people watch it because if people don't start watching it, then the deals aren't going to continue. Um, so that, that's my only um, concern. But I think I think it's all moving in the right direction. I think, yeah, you know, like the FA and things like that, they're doing a great job to promote women's football and make sure that it can be as equal as possible, despite all the financial challenges that there are. Um, so, so yeah, I, th- I was really uh, proud to see you know the Manchester United women's team playing in Old Trafford for the first time. Yeah. And people like Marcus Rashford like putting it all over their Instagram to it. I thought that was that was a really nice touch. Yeah, absolutely. The kind of kind of male allyship of it with this kind yeah. of massive and something that we can kind of really celebrate that there is for all, for all the nobody cares get get back in the kitchen there's plenty of others going this is great like this is like amazing like I love this kind of I'm I'm kind of a big fan of this. Yeah. So yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um yeah, absolutely. True. Any thoughts? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the allyship thing is so important as well. Um, just being able to put aside, ignore all those comments and just keep doing it. Um, yeah, I think obviously the broadcast deal is amazing and it's great that it's going to be on a really accessible channel that most people have access to. Um, I think obviously long term you want to see the trickle down of the money as well because mm. ultimately things are only going to change in a big way when the grassroots and um, yeah, kind of in schools and all that is changed and people have access like at the lowest levels. Um, but it's a really good step for now and there's been so much change and so much growth in the last few years that hopefully it will just continue. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's sort of kind of skyrocketed in the last like, sort of 10, 10 years, I'd say. And yeah, it's just hopefully it just continues to kind of be on that trajectory, I hope. Um, just one thing I want to say, Lizzie, about your kind of concern about watch, like people actually watching it. I think the kind of the first is definitely there. And um, I was watching a Champions League fixture the other day at half eleven on a Thursday Thursday morning. <laughs> so I mean, I guess that's a bit of an irritant, isn't it, that you kind of see that. But um, what was interesting was I saw a lot of people on Twitter commenting about the fact that just on the um, just on the the stream itself from the club, I can't I can't think who it was now. Um, yeah I think it probably was Barcelona it was like 600,000 people were watching it and that was just on the stream and then that yeah that's not with the stats that were from the Man City kind of stream and it's that wasn't the stats from BT either so the fact that there were 600,000 people watching it just on the Barcelona stream kind of that's a kind of another little kind of socket to you to the people that go oh nobody cares like no one no one's interested no one's watching it well yes they are and I mean that that's such a it's kind of it's a rubbish time as well isn't it kind of half 11 on a Thursday but the kind of appetite is there I just love going to games where you see like families or like groups of younger girls as well and they're gonna grow up with it and it will just be normal to them to watch women's football yeah yeah when you get to that point great yeah true definitely um cool any other thoughts and any kind of other things you want to kind of discuss about women's football at all? Anything you've kind of noticed that you want to discuss? Anything, anything interesting? Anything infuriating you equally? I hope Chelsea win the quadruple. 
<laughs> do you know what? I, I really don't. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It, it would be amazing, wouldn't it? Because I think Arsenal have been holding on to that kind of, yeah. that, that title for so long that um, it would be nice to kind of see somebody else kind of do it. Yeah, it'd be, and they're just just on an absolutely ridiculous run right now. And I really feel like I just want to cry every time I see how great Fran Kirby is and the fact that she's not, not doing that at Reading anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so happy she's back, though. It was really sad when she couldn't play. And, um, yeah, Sam Kerr and Fran Kirby now. What do you? <laughs> yeah, they are just absolutely clinical. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit obsessed with them, actually, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, and a little bit infuriated as well that you guys are just at, like kind of running away with it, really. Although I think yeah. just just the job, just the WSL in general is really exciting. I think one thing that really irritates me is this kind of we're kind of slipping into this oh the big four kind of discussion. I I really don't like that. I, like I hate that about the men's game, but I especially I don't I don't want that to trickle into the women's game because actually if you look across the whole kind of WSL. There's excitement across all twelve teams, and that kind of even even the kind of relegation race is super exciting. And where kind of um, Matt Beard's come in on maternity duty, and Bristol City looked almost certain that they were kind of absolute goners, sort of a month, six weeks ago, and now they're sitting very nicely in tenth. So yeah, and kind of the fact that West Ham are now sitting at the bottom as well was just a little bit more kind of oh. so yeah, no, it's it's an exciting time to be watching our kind yeah. of elite game and equally in the championship as well, just Leicester are just absolutely bossing it, so it'll be interesting to see how they kind of get on um, when they kind of obviously eventually move up to WSL next season Yeah, it's been fun seeing the American players come over this, this season as well they yeah, that's that's so true. Um, I am very sad that we are about to lose Jess Fishlock back to OL Rain as well. So, I mean, the less we have to say about that, the better, really, because I probably will cry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, absolutely. It's nice to see as well that they're kind of doing their bit to sort of shout about kind of their grassroots journeys as well. And kind of, yeah, obviously, because in the men's game, it kind of, it, it's almost elite kind of from such a young age, isn't it? That actually... It's nice to see um, a lot of them talk about the fact that actually they kind of very similarly to you guys kind of started off playing in boys teams and stuff like that. So it kind of it just makes it more relatable again, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's really. Yeah. And yeah, just watching them like do degrees and like train to be lawyers and stuff alongside playing football and like having families. It's, yeah, there's like extra levels to it. <laughs> um, and yeah, and, like Annie Luca, uh, Aston Villa, what she's doing with helping helping women get qualified and educated alongside their their footballing journey as well is really impressive. Yeah, I think that's kind of something to think about in the women's game as well, isn't it? Is that, I mean, for a lot of the kind of men's players, they can kind of be sure that they'll probably be able to step into some kind of coaching role somewhere or they'll be able to go into punditry and things like that. Whereas there's kind of all that sort of extra kind of struggle within the women's game, isn't there? So yeah, the fact the best, the best to get that opportunity, sort of. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, it is. It is nice to see that kind of that opportunity is kind of being given to the to to a lot of them. Yeah, like you say, a lot of them kind of do degrees alongside of it, and like not 
I mean, getting a degree is kind of incredible as it is, but like being lawyers, being accountants and stuff like that, and then kind of turning up to training kind of three, four times a week and then then just going and scoring like a hat trick on, on, a, on, a, on a Saturday <laughs> and being kind of goal scoring on their way to golden boot and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to see. So yeah, absolutely. Really kind of inspiring to see that kind of you, you can do both and kind of, I mean, as much as I want to see kind of more professionalism within the game, it is nice to see that they are kind of a little bit normal, I guess. Kind of they are yeah. doing those kind of normal people things alongside, alongside kind of being professional footballers as well. So yeah cool yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely okay let's kind of round things off with a little quick fire questions then this is the part where you get to bait out your own teammates and kind of dob them in and <laughs> they're not all bad i promise so um let's start with um who turns up at the wrong venue or forgets their kit Ooh. <laughs> oh god <laughs> I think we're all quite good at that. Yeah, I think we're good. I mean, there's always like the round WhatsApp of who has the balls, who has the kit, who has the bibs, and then it like takes a while oh, to track yeah. it. Very, very specific kind of criminal. Fair enough. <laughs> um, who's always late? Oh, like most people. <laughs> like we're all just terrible timekeepers. <laughs> that's fair enough I, I suppose if you kind of if you guys are doing kind of socially there's it's not like you've got to be there for a match <laughs> at a specific time is there like if no one's turning up like there's not too much pressure I guess um who well I guess yeah I'm gonna ask this question there. who waits till match day to turn on the heat so they're kind of they're they're a bit kind of blase at training like they're a little bit like too chill and then match day you're like where's this come from I'm a little bit like that. <laughs> you can nominate yourself by all means. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Cern, she's quite feisty when she's on the pitch, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, Sinead's. Yeah. But that, that's just all the way through. It's not even just in match days. <laughs> she's just permanently like that. <laughs> and then they're, they're just un- uncomfortable. Um, who is scoring your winning goal? Sinead. Yeah, so determined. <laughs> nice, love that. Um, equally, and this is the question that occasionally gets vetoed, who, who's missing it? Uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> I would nominate myself for that position as well, for sure. Like, it's, it's a sitter, it's an open goal. There's not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> The goalkeeper's not even there and it's still gone like five yeah, metres wide. Yeah, no, that that is 100% me. <laughs> um, who's the most competitive? <clears throat> oh, I mean, Sinead's quite competitive, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Bulgarian. Yes. Nice. Oh, love yeah. that. <laughs> that is one thing I noticed actually as well. Like, you're such an international club. I love that. There's, I think it was, yeah. there's like 50 national or something like that that's amazing i love that yeah that was one thing i yeah, like nice. reading yeah. i think without even trying as well like <laughs> yeah well, i guess like london is such a diverse place isn't it so it's not difficult to kind of just bump into a lot of nationalities in kind of a small area which is yeah, yeah. just makes it more exciting doesn't it people bring their different experiences to the team so it's only only a benefit to you guys to kind of have su- such a variety of people at your club yeah. cool <clears throat> um Who's the kind of team prankster or the biggest joker? 
I don't know. <laughs> you don't have to have one, to be fair. You could be like, no, we're all quite sensible, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We take our football very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anyone at the moment. You can veto that question, to be fair. I mean, normally it's the uh, who's missing miss, missing the goal, but we'll, we'll veto that one. Um, and last one. <laughs> and last one. Who's the kind of team hype woman? Who's getting everyone kind of like going on match day or even just at training? <laughs> It could be everyone, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, I think there's a few. I think Yo is, like, amazing at that as well. And especially because she's taken on more of a manager role. She's just had a baby. So she's been, since our managers have left, she's been kind of caretaking us and getting us all in order and getting our fighting spirit up. And she's always, like, ready to fight a referee. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite nice. Um, but, yeah, I think there's a few people who have kind of that character and we just kind of amp each other up. And they're nice. not quite kind of... Yeah. <laughs> love that cool right you have survived the quick fire questions <laughs> is there anything else that you guys want to want to add at all about the team possibly anything um just that we would love people to come along and experience the wanderers joy <laughs> um and yeah just like uh, yeah when we start off on clap and common anyone can join on facebook anyone can join our whatsapp um, so just get in touch and they're always very welcome, whatever level. Nice, love that. I think that's a good note to finish on in that case. So thank you both so much for joining me today. It's been a, a really nice chit-chat, actually. And what a, what a great week that we have decided to have this chit-chat on as we see the return of football. When is it you guys are back? Exactly. Love yeah. that, love that. The countdown is on for you then. <laughs> I am back to training tomorrow and I feel like I might just go to sleep in my kit tonight, to be honest. I'm that excited. <laughs> but yeah, as I said, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in to episode five of the latest series in the Selk podcast production. Expect to hear many more interviews from those involved in the women's grassroots game, as well as news, history and everything else in between. And remember, it's okay not to be okay. So if you ever want to reach out, I'm always happy to chat football or anything else for that matter. Feel free to get in touch with me on social media. Stay safe out there, wear a mask, wash your hands, follow the guidelines and catch you all soon for episode six. I've been your host, Abby, and you've been listening to match fix this week's selk podcast was brought to you by down to play the simple app for next game availability